0: So God is not into destroying and starting over. God recycles (laughs) and takes the good things from this world, the good things that we do as humans,
1: and uses
0: them in the world to come.
2: Welcome to the Enter the Bible podcast where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston,
1: and I'm Catherine Chiverda.
2: And today on the podcast, we have a very special guest, Alan Paget. He is professor of theology, right?
1: Systematic
0: professor, theology. Systematic
2: theology. theology no, pardon me, no, at, at uh, Luther Seminary. Um, and we have a question that we're tackling today, and this mm. is one that we hear a lot, which is, Can I believe in the Bible and science?
0: Well, the short answer is yes. Yes, you can believe a relief in what the various (laughs) thank you for joining us today. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Next, I'm tired of this guy already. (laughs) Okay, so um, you can, and uh, I would prefer, you know, to be specific. I'd say there's various sciences that tell us things about the world, natural and social, and there's no reason not to buy their most reliable theories you know uh, well documented uh, factual encounters and teachings and teach believe in the holy scriptures is really okay. But the the thing is, is ever since the discovery in geology that the Earth is really, really old,
2: yeah, because the, mm-hmm. the Bible started. says it's six thousand years old. I, no. So I don't well, see how this can possibly go. Bishop
0: Usher head. says it's six thousand years old. The Bible <laughs> doesn't actually say that. <laughs> oh, oh. Who's Bishop Usher? He's the guy that counted back and got to the four thousand four oh, B.C. creation. I see. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the With 1600s, all the yes, yes, and, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh. and then that's what the popular Schofield Reference Bible printed in its marginalia hmm. and notes, and so that's how it became so popular in America because that was a very popular Bible. Oh, yeah, wow. So I know a lot. I, okay. I just thought so that I was, that was raised what in, it was. I'll just tell a little story. Okay, so I was raised an atheist, right? Mm-hmm. My, I grew up in the religion of the early Star Trek, you know, the Jim Kirk <laughs> Star Trek where. You know, emotions get in the way of science, you know, Spock, you know, not going to be emotional, just going to be purely rational, and logical, that way you're a good scientist. Turns out you're a terrible science if you can't listen to your emotions. You can't even think. Sciences now teach us that you can't even think well without being in touch with your emotions and your bodily connections with the world. So that whole idea of human being is uh, an, an exaggeration of the Enlightenment. Sure. But it also turns out their view of religion is rather simplistic so in star trek uh, as you know you know that we have our modern technology and science and so all the other religions are bogus they're they're fake or they're just really powerful aliens who showed up as As gods, but of course they're just fakes. So.
2: Damn it, Jim! I'm a doctor, not a (laughs) theologian. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Perfect. That's perfect.
0: So I say I was raised on that because that was really what I believed when I grew up. You know, people who were religious were either had a lot of psychological needs or were just dumb or maybe ignorant. But anyway, one of those. Sure. So uh, but after that I sounds became, about right. Yeah, that's right. a lot of people still think that, know, unfortunately, I although I think it's a growing minority of yeah. people in America. But so as I became a Christian and I realized, you know, I went into math and science and I realized, you know, there's more to reality. There's more to truth. There's more to human existence than we can discover through math and physics and engineering, although you can discover a lot there. And I got inter- I made the mistake of getting interested in Shakespeare and poetry. Mm-hmm. And for my um, my required social studies elective, I took world religions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which in my high school of four thousand was taught as an. We had a lot of electives, and so I became a Taoist. You know, but that was you know a yeah, while. Yeah. That's a cool thing to be for a
2: while. Yeah. Eventually, sure.
0: I, I Christ found me, or I found Christ. So, I was. I've been interested in this in a for a long time. Yeah. Like what how can you believe in science and math and the modern world and also accept the teachings of the Scripture? I mean, I think this is a big question I've been thinking about a long time. And really, there's been a lot of work on this over the, all the way back to the Genesis and geology conflict of the 19th century. And I think that, that really the answer is you really don't want to read the Bible literally all the time. What? If, if by literal you mean... Word for word, which is what it meant in the patristic era for someone like Augustine, right, the great North African who wrote in Latin, mm-hmm. right, he writes a commentary on Genesis, and it's translated as literal. But what he meant is ad literatum, you know, you pay attention to the words and what they actually say. Right. That's fine. Sure. Yeah. Because you open to the first page of Augustine where he interprets Genesis, and it's symbolic interpretation all over the place. Yes.
1: Right. So
0: he doesn't mean literal in the sense of not figurative. Plain, no figures of speech, no analogies, no metaphors, no symbolic meanings. The Bible's full of those. It's ridiculous. Any academic study of the Bible is going to show you, even a reasonable person who knows the different kinds of literature can read the Bible and know that the idea that everything in the Bible's literature is is just false. It's just empirically false. So this all has to do not with science, but with actually understanding what literature is, what language is, and how it works. So once you leap over that, that there can be truth, that can be communicated. You know, remember, I got interested in religion through Shakespeare, okay? Huh. Poetry can communicate the truth. This, to me, is a fundamental fact that I never heard in my physics class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or even in cellular biology, you uh-huh. know or even sociology, which we always thought of as a kind of science. Yeah. Sort of. So uh So yeah. there's
1: a place for literature, for the humanities, yeah. for poetry, for yeah. yeah and, and truth can be conveyed in those forms as exactly. well. Exactly. So you yeah. have
0: to believe that. how shall I put this? The so-called conflict between science and scripture taught me that. And I thought I I believed it anyway. But you can learn it by studying that and figuring out what the Bible actually is as a document written by humans in human language. Because if you just buy this, if you buy one theory of what is literal, I mean, the thing problem is literal, is so complicated, one of my teachers... Wrote a whole article on literalism and the Bible. And he's like, what does literal mean if we don't... Uh, it's not as bad as the word love, but it's in there. Uh, <laughs>
2: it's in terms of like... <laughs> we, uh-huh. we can be all these things. We throw these it out, things. but we don't actually yeah. know what we're saying. When we t- when we That's say
0: it. true. Unless you're yeah. in a rock and roll song, then you know what love means. Oh, but yeah, you do. everywhere else in the world, you know, it's like it can mean all these things. So but if by literal you mean you pay attention to the words, the words matter... That what it actually says is what you're trying to figure out. The thing is, many times in the Bible, what it actually says is not literal in another sense of the word, namely, not some kind of trope or figure of speech or, met, you know, like metaphor, symbol, analogy, similes, all these other ones.
2: So so how did we get to, like, how did we get here, right? Like, you're just saying Augustine read the scripture and understood that, say, Genesis was metaphorical in many ways, or... You know, like I don't. Know, you look back at origin, or I mean, yeah. th- throughout the history sure. of biblical interpretation, Aquinas. yeah. Like see. they've, you know, th- 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 this feels to me like a pretty recent problem, actually. And 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 well, how did we get here? And
0: it begins with the reformers, like Luther, using symbolic interpretation, but complaining loudly about analogy. Okay. So, I mean, Luther can say that, you know, the backside of God that Moses sees in Exodus 33 as he passes, right? Yeah. So, you know, God puts his hand, he can't see his face, but he can see his backside. Yeah. That the derriere dei, the backside of God, is (laughs) actually... The cross, Whoa! <laughs> for Luther! <He> got, <laughs> Luther <laughs> surprise! Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that is uh, symbolic, allegorical interpretation. But he, what they complained about is what the Catholics were doing with all these symbolizations. And okay. so, in the Reformation, it was like, let's pay attention to the actual words. I'm for that. Yeah. But neither Calvin nor Luther interpreted the whole Bible in a literal sense, the modernist, American, fundamentalist sense of literal, which means no figures of speech right
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, they didn't make that mistake they knew too much you know so it really came out of the fundamentalist modernist controversy in the 1920s okay although it has predes- pre- it goes back why away. i think part of it is we want truth to be factual propositional truth in our modern techno scientific world
1: yeah
0: and so for a text a book have factual propositional truth it has you need to read it literally. Yeah. you know propositions are not metaphors. I mean metaphors right
2: yeah.
0: the, the relationship between metaphor meaning and a propositional truth is very complicated. let's just put it that
1: way. Well so <laughs> let's, let's simplify it a little bit. All right. Can we talk about the fact that and, and Katie and I had talked about this in some of the intro podcasts for this for this website for enter the Bible. Um, that that the Bible has different forms of literature in it right It yes. has different genres yes. and and often the text that w- that people go to when they talk about this debate between faith and science is Genesis right the, yes. and the creation narrative yes. that's where we talked about that a little earlier right this right. idea of the six thousand year old earth or whatever yeah. right. um, so so I, I just want to be clear I think that there are, um, historical things in scripture right it's not oh, all metaphor no, that's it's not important. all right that's important to say I, And there's propositions in scripture and there's propositional there truths there's in scripture as well yeah, yeah. sentences
0: ordinary yeah. don carson is right there are propositions in scripture
1: yeah so it's not that all of scripture is is whatever myth or metaphor or whatever No, no, no that's but when simple. but when we're talking and and i would say you know that the prime example here is that 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 as Paul says, if the resurrection, if Christ was not raised, then we are of all people most to be pitied. Right? That, that's not a metaphor. The resurrection is not a metaphor. Some scholars
0: sense. would like to interpret it as a metaphor, but in the New Testament, it is an actual past, real event.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: I'm not going to raise up the question: Is it historical? But so it's a past, real event. <laughs> right. That happened in space and time to the body of Jesus.
1: So, so and I just want to be clear that we're not saying everything's myth right we're saying that that different parts of the bible are to be read differently and are meant to be read differently but Catherine,
2: i want something to be all one way or Uh, all another way and i don't like it when there's when it's complex (laughs) or difficult i just want i just want it to be super clear and like really obvious so that i don't have to struggle with anything at all <laughs> <laughs> that's what well, i that want so this this goes back <laughs> to, to
1: our metaphor or analogy yeah. of scripture as a library right, right? a but collection like of a different library. kinds of Simulator. books or a newspaper or something like that right there's different different genres different right. ways of reading the types. comics, so are, books. Not the the comics are not the front page yeah, or not yeah, yeah, the op-ed yeah, 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 right so let's let's go to genesis though since that is the yeah and the, we'll the, talk the, the about Lucas revelation effect. too okay. the last
0: book Because there's conflict in science, both in the origins and the predictions of the future, the promise of God in Scripture or the cosmological extrapolations of the future of the cosmos
1: in
0: astrophysics.
1: So let's start with Genesis and move to Revelation. What what, what would you say to someone who uh, said it has to be a seven-day creation or everything's, you know, if if it's not a seven-day creation, then... then I don't believe anything right. in the Bible. It is right. a
0: seven-day creation. It says seven days. I'm right. sorry. There's no getting around that. But um, what kind of time is it? Yeah. And it seems to me that Genesis 1, 2, and 3 are meant to be read symbolically. And uh, you have to remember the God of Genesis 1 is a Jewish God. There's a reason it ends on seven. It's Sabbath. You have to go to temple. Mm -hmm. Even God rests on the Sabbath. Time to go to temple. It's liturgical time. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not modern scientific time. You Mm -hmm. know, um, it's not that kind of time. It's time understood in a spiritual and liturgical way. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so it's totally compatible with however old the sciences tell us the world is. It's not trying to say this is not an engineering book that you could follow (laughs) the recipe and make a world. Right. Dang it! I mean, it is it is highly symbolic. I was really
2: hoping for that promotion. There's
0: a <laughs> lot more theology in it that way. That's the exciting part.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Is there's a lot more theological significance to the fact that God creates these environments, and then He creates beings because you have to include the sun and the moon, and the star, that are fit. You know, so yeah. He creates the heavens, the sky, the dome, firmament. And then he puts the sun. In, so these are the beings that belong there, right? And, and we belong in the land animal category of the third day and the sixth day. We don't get our own day, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, God creates a world that's capable of life and flourishing.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Now, if you just read it as a fact, it's like you kind of, well, is that real? Isn't that just the way God did it? I mean, but, but if you read it as... M- spiritual literature meant mm-hmm. to be interpreted theologically and symbolically rather than some kind of like engineering handbook on how to create the cosmos if you happen to be an omnipotent god. Um, not a whole lot of those, but you know, <laughs> still, you know, <laughs> just people think they're There's gods. a dearth of omnipotent gods, but anyway. My way or the highway, you know, it's like, but uh, so I would argue that you know, of A story like that Mm. you know where there's chaos and water and wind and all these things are happening and I just see that as a symbolic, true symbolic narrative. Hmm. It's meant to be interpreted symbolically just like your comic page in the newspaper is meant to be interpreted a certain way. In other words I don't care who decides. The fact is the literature itself tells us what it is. Right. If you listen carefully to the text instead of imposing your predetermined understanding of what has to be truth has to be like.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, the next one is easy. I mean, you've got, you know, talking snakes. You've got the tree of immortality. You've got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. These are not trees you can go to the nursery and buy. There's no botany book that has these trees in it. You see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. It's trying to say, to us, not scientific, you know, hmm. metaphorical, symbolic truth. It's still truth.
1: And it and the and the truth, for instance, in that story is about human. Human sin right? or human nature yeah. being prone yeah. to grasping that which is forbidden, yeah. being prone to wanting to be like God. It's right. that kind of truth that that story right. is talking about. It's so, a,
0: right. So the real conflict doesn't exist in the origin stories in Scripture and in modern um, cosmology and biological evolution.
2: Okay, but what about Revelation?
0: It, it, it exists in the future. Oh, That's okay. where the conflict is. Oh,
2: yeah. okay, okay.
0: Because uh, the scientific extrapolations of the future, you know, like when the sun will turn red and expand and burn off the earth and all that stuff, mm-hmm. things like that... Um, those assume that the cosmos and all of its laws of matter and energy and interaction will remain exactly the same as they are now.
1: Right. Okay.
0: And an omnipotent creative God who promises to make a new heaven and a new earth is not going to leave those things alone. Mm -hmm. They are going to change. That is a theological statement about a, a monotheistic God who can actually do that. No other creature can do that. So the Christian believes on the base of a supernatural divine revelation that we take as a promise on faith. So this is not science. I'm not talking science anymore, folks. Um, that God is not going to leave the matter and energy of the universe alone, but is going to reform and transform it. There's no other way to create a new heavens and earth besides messing around with all that. In fact, even the resurrection of the dead to an immortal life in a human body, that you have to mess around with a lot of chemistry and yeah. biology yeah. to yeah. do that too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we have no idea what the science of the world to come will actually be. We have, we're clueless.
2: Yeah.
0: We can only know what it is now. And so when we extrapolate into the future, we're making those assumptions. So, All scientists who extrapolate from the present are making the assumption that that um, the, the, the things stay the same.
1: So, how does a scientist or someone who believes in science <laughs> believe in <laughs> in this world to come, in the in the new heaven and the new earth? Is that is that not a well, contradiction? Well,
0: you you well, no. I mean, there's been brilliant physicists and scientists who are Christians who believe these things. Right. But they don't believe it because they're scientists. They believe it because they're Christians. Mm-hmm. So um, actually, I think uh, many monotheistic faiths would lead to similar conclusions about the future mm-hmm. of the cosmos. So you, the next question we always want to know is, well, how long will that be? We don't know. The, <laughs> the apostles asked that to Jesus when he ascended back to heaven, and he they, they didn't get an answer
2: either. <laughs> like, we don't know.
0: It might be a really long... It's been 2,000 years now. I think Jesus is a little late.
2: It's taken too long. Yeah. That's my... But the point is that
0: it, we will be an earth. Mm. Like, Jesus is coming back to Jerusalem. It will be an earth. Heaven is not off in the sky in some weird little domain, but it's it's actually the earth transformed and renewed by God to be a paradise again.
2: I feel like you're you're, like breaking all of you're breaking my heart first you're telling me I can't like just create a world from Genesis then you're telling me I can't go to the nursery and buy (laughs) the the tree tree of (laughs) knowledge (laughs) of good and evil and the The immortal tree and now you're telling me that Jerusalem
0: the new Jerusalem and the streets of gold are just symbolic truths yeah they are oh my gosh there's no no book more symbolic than the book of Revelation Mm. no book
1: I I have heard you in other (laughs) conversations we've had other conversations and taught a class together actually Ellen about uh, that, that 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 includes this idea of eschatology and the new heaven and the new. earth. So eschatology I want to... is a
2: fancy word for those of you. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, sorry I'm sorry. Eschatology the, is like about the end times. It's the, right. doctrine the, of the Christian end hope, of things. That's what right, like exactly. call it. It's,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what we hope on based on God's right. promises for the future. Mm-hmm.
1: So what I want you to, to talk about for just a minute, and I know mm. we don't have a lot of time, but, yeah. <laughs> 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 Not for these questions, this, we don't. <laughs> I know, I know. This would be a, a whole, yeah, uh, yeah, other podcast. But mm. I do uh, love your insight about the new Jerusalem, right, and the city mm. and our part in that. Oh, right, yeah. What,
0: I actually picked month. this up from Jacques Ellul, one of the great experts on the sociology of technology. But he was a Christian, too, and wrote a book on, on the city in the Bible and theology. And uh, w- one of the things he points out is, you know, in the in the Genesis again, the city is made by humans after the fall.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Like to protect themselves from the implications of sin. It's actually the descendants of Cain who make the cities.
1: Yeah, So uh-huh. it doesn't start out well. The city no, doesn't start it, out but well. it's
0: yeah. totally a human thing. God okay. doesn't make cities. God has forests and gardens gardens. humans make cities god makes the skies and the moon and all that stuff humans make cities but in the vision of the future um god uses the human thing the city and transforms it into this symbol of human community at peace and with justice and you know having a shalom with with creation, and an intimate communion with God. Mm-hmm. So the city is a human thing, but God cha- takes what we do, and t- can transform it. Just like your very body will be transformed, but it will still be you and it will still be your body. Huh. Like the Jesus still has the wound in his hands and his right. feet, right? Yeah. I mean, in
2: yeah.
0: his side, I mean, it, it'd still be your body. And, uh, So, God is not into destroying and starting over. God recycles (laughs) and takes the good things from this world, the good things that we do as humans. And so uses then, them in the world to come.
1: Yeah, so then it matters what we do. What yeah, we absolutely. do now matters for God's future. So
0: how could you believe anything? You'd be a total sinner if you didn't believe that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It's like I'm just gonna skate. I've got my fire insurance here of my baptisms, I don't have to worry about going to hell. And now nothing I do matters to God or anybody else, because guess what? We're all gonna get resurrected, God's gonna fix everything. No, the Bible nothing Jesus says about following him tells us anything even like that. In fact, the exact opposite.
1: I, I think about, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with this, <laughs> yeah. though if you want to say more, that's great. I, as we're talking about the end times and resurrection, I think about that beautiful uh, resurrection chapter in 1 Corinthians 15, where, oh, yeah. uh, where, where Paul begins by saying, you know, uh, why do some of you say that Christ has not been raised? Uh, how, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? And he says, you know, if for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. And then he says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. And he goes into this beautiful passage about resurrection uh, where he ends with, you know, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But that's not quite the end of the chapter, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's declaring victory over death. He's declaring faith mm-hmm. in the resurrection. And because Jesus has been raised from the dead, because we too shall be raised from the dead, therefore, he says, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Jesus has been raised, because mm-hmm. we too shall be raised, because... Right. The end of time is the new Jerusalem, right? Yeah. This, this human invention because God transforms what we do uh, into, uh, into God's purposes, right? Uh, God's purposes for life uh, and, and, and redemption. Then you know, just keep doing what you're doing because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.
0: Yeah, What you do for God, what you do for Jesus, um, how you live in the reign and realm of God. That's not empty, that's not vain, that's not meaningless, Hmm. even in the life to come.
2: So in summary, (laughs) science and faith are not incompatible. Don't try to buy a tree that brings you immortality. (laughs) Yes. And don't... Especially online. And don't... (laughs) Absolutely don't do it online, whatever you do. And finally... Don't think that, um, well, it's all going to turn out fine in the end, so nothing I do matters. Because it does matter. And Mm -hmm. both science and faith tell us that. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Enter the Bible podcast. And you can get high quality courses, commentaries, resources, videos, reflections, and much more at the newly relaunched Enter the Bible website at enterthebible.org. Thanks for joining us.